Praise the Lord tonight. Title of the message, Famine in the Land. Let's begin with Matthew 11, 16 to 19. I wonder what Jesus would say over this generation. These are his words in the days when he walked in Israel. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Jesus is relating certain imagery. Picture of children playing in the marketplace, in the town square, and they play different kind of games, but there's a group of children decided, well, let's play weddings. And their companion said, no, we don't want to play wedding. Well, let's play funeral. They weren't interested in that either. We won't play. Jesus said John the Baptist came with strict spiritual disciplines. Repentance, holiness, separation unto God, preparing the way of the Lord, fasting and prayer. Jesus said you wouldn't enter in. The Son of Man says, I, I've came. I've come with singing and dancing and rejoicing and celebrating the good news of the gospel and all that God wants to do for people, and you brushed me aside too. Mourning and dancing and everything in between, and that generation was not interested by and large. But Jesus said, wisdom is justified or vindicated by her children. Are there any children of wisdom in the house tonight? Wisdom is justified by her children, the way of the wise and the way of the foolish. The foolish and the wise, but wisdom is justified by her children, and the children of the wisdom of God, the children of the wisdom of the scriptures, know how to fast and pray, and they know how to sing and dance and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. What was the problem in that generation? They had no hunger. They had no spiritual hunger. When you don't have spiritual hunger, you won't fast and pray, and you won't sing and dance either. I had a dream a couple of weeks ago. It was a very brief, quick dream. And in it, I was listening to one of my spiritual fathers who went to be with the Lord a few years ago now, and he was asking a question. And the question was this. How much grain does it take to feed a village? And in the dream, I responded, and I didn't give the usual answer. Well, it depends how many people are in the village. I found myself answering, it depends on the hunger of the people in the village. It depends on the hunger. Luke 1.53, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich, those that are full of themselves, he has sent 
away empty. He's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He's filled the hungry with good things. I trust we're hungry for the ways of God. I trust we're hungry for the word and the presence and the will of God in our lives. Sometimes Christians lose their hunger. And they don't show up at churches often anymore. They don't pull into Bible studies and deep times in the Word of God in their devotions. They lose their hunger. Maybe there's a warning here tonight. Christians can lose their hunger. I've had people tell me over the years, I don't need to go to church as often as I used to. I know the messages. I kind of know what's coming, and there's a certain repetition in it all. And, you know, I come to church and I hear about worship and prayer and spiritual warfare and tithing and giving, triumphs, tests and tribulations, Christian character, faith, healing. And then a little while later, I hear a message on worship again. I hear a message on tithing and giving, and I hear a message on faith and another message on healing, and it kind of cycles through now and then. And I'll say, well, so I say, well, what, what kind of men do you, do you have at home? Oh, their eyes brighten up. Oh, we have, like, for supper, we have, you know, chicken and rice, and, and we have steak and potatoes, and fish and fries, and, and some Mexican food, and then we'll have pasta one night, and pizza, and, and some Chinese food, and wow, and then, and then what? Well, then, well, then we have chicken and rice, and and we have fish and fries, and we have pasta. Well, don't you get tired of it? Say, no, no, I get hungry. Wow, after a long day, I can't wait to get home at supper, gather the family, we fellowship, we get strengthened, we eat this beautiful food. It's a dangerous thing when Christians lose their hunger. It's a dangerous thing when a believer loses their hunger. Well, Apostle Paul, what do you have to say about this? Philippians 3.1. He said, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. For you it is safe, the Apostle Paul said, the repetition of the gospel, the repetition of the truths of God in his house, again and again exhorting and building edification into us, strengthening us in the truths of God. He said, for me, it is not tedious to write these same things. And when he preached, he preached the same things. He said, for you it is safe. Well, that's the Apostle Paul. I mean, let's go to the Apostle Peter. You can't get better than Paul and Peter on the pages of the New Testament. How many like the apostolic doctrine? Peter, 2 Peter 1, 12 to 13. For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you 
the house of God, the repetition of the truths. We come again and again under the strengthening of the word of God. God fills us with honey out of the rock and with the finest of the wheat. And we eat again and again. We partake of the truths that we need by the Holy Spirit as he delivers them in the house of the Lord. Now, Proverbs 27 and verse 7 says, A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb. Marginal says, tramples on the honeycomb. That wasn't much of a message today. You hear what the truth was today? It didn't really do anything for me. A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. What a proverb. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. The preacher may not have the best delivery. And the truth that he's presenting that day may not be so flashy. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. They hang on every word of God. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It doesn't matter who's preaching and teaching and sharing in the house of God or exhorting. I'm listening, aren't you, for every word. What is God saying? What is God saying right now through that person? To the hungry soul, even bitter things taste sweet. You know, when Israel was in right relationship with God, the bread that God fed them every morning was delightful to them. When they had a right spirit before God, the Bible says that the manna came down, it was new as the dew every morning. And it tasted like fresh bread dipped in extra virgin olive oil. It tasted like pastry with honey. Wow. That's some kind of breakfast. I don't know about you, but if I didn't eat, need nutrition, I wouldn't be eating eggs and porridge and all that. Give me cinnamon buns. Give me scones. Give me biscuits every morning. When Israel was in right relationship with God, that's how the manna tasted. Exodus 16 and 31. And the house of Israel called its name manna. Meaning, what is it? The wonder of it. And it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now, Numbers 11:6, they said, But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. When their hearts were not in right relationship to God, when they were not spiritually on fire, that same manna tasted like dry, crusty, stale old bread, and they hated it. Well, the scripture is true. They said our soul, our whole being is dried up. They were the ones who dried up. The manna hadn't changed. Their spirit had changed. Numbers 21.5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Now, this was the second generation that came out of Egypt. You know, this isn't a one-time time thing that one generation deals with. We all have to be on guard for this. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water 
What a lie that was. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. When their spirit changed, the bread changed. When we're in right relationship with God and we're on fire for the Lord and we love the Lord, every word of God tastes sweet as honey to our mouth. But when our spirit isn't right, the word dries up and it tastes like worthless bread. We're not even interested. Our hunger is very important. Now let's look at Amos chapter 8, verses 11 to 12. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. A famine of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. Now, it's one thing to have a famine of bread and water. It's another thing to have a famine of the words of the Lord in the land. And when the people aren't hungry, as was the days of Israel in Amos' time, People had walked away from the Lord, forsaken his house, went and ran their own lives, served other gods. When the people do not have a hunger after God, God pulls back his word and doesn't feed it out because he only feeds it out to hungry and thirsty souls. A famine of hearing the words of God. A famine in the land. A famine in our land because people have forsaken the Lord. And we have a generation, by and large, a culture that is biblically illiterate. Don't have the knowledge of God. Seep through the governments and school systems and the people of the land, and God's word has been pulled back because there's no hunger. Even in preachers and churches, if there's no hunger, the Lord doesn't release his word. Thank God for your hunger. Because the hunger of the people determines the kind of preaching that comes across the pulpit of the house. And if there's no hunger, the word dries up and preachers are giving little sermonettes for Christianettes and some little devotional talks and motivational thoughts. And the word dries up. Our hunger is that important. You know, when I was a young teenager in this province, 14, 15 years of age, in the late 60s, I remember what was happening. We had, you know, Alberta was known as the Bible Belt. Strong churches, strong moral influence. When I was 15 years of age, you couldn't operate your business on a Sunday. Trucks weren't commercial vehicles. Trucks weren't allowed on the road. They'd be subject to fines. Theaters weren't open. 55 years ago, essential services only. The premier of this province, Ernest Manning, preached the gospel every Sunday from the old Paramount Theater in his, on his radio broadcast, the old Paramount Theater on Jasper Avenue. Every Sunday he preached back to the Bible radio broadcast. But the pressure was coming. And I remember it. And there was a satirical song that came on 
the radio, was played on the radio. So we can't go to we can't go to Sunday movies, but every Sunday Premier Manning plays the Paramount, and the pressure was on, and how quickly the gates fell, and today we have a land where there's a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Have you read 1 Samuel 3, 1? Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. It wasn't prevalent. The knowledge of the Lord among the people, the talk of the scriptures was not prevalent among the people. It had been lost because a generation before Samuel and even while he was a young boy, had turned away from God and didn't want the things of God and had no hunger for the things of the Spirit and the Bible. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation, no powerful preaching, no powerful anointing of the Lord. You say, was all lost? No. In that hour, there was a woman on her knees intoxicated with sorrow. Did you read it on the screen last Tuesday night? Hannah, intoxicated with sorrow, desperate before the Lord. Picture of the bride of Christ. Picture of God's bride beginning to pray because she saw the famine in the land. She saw what was happening. She was intoxicated with sorrow. These are not drunken, as you suppose. No, they are intoxicated with a desperation for a move of the Holy Spirit and for the power of the Holy Spirit. Anyone intoxicated tonight? <laughs> Hannah was intoxicated with sorrow. And there was something beyond the burden of her own life. She didn't have a child. She didn't have a son or daughter. She wanted children, and she was seeking God. But something happened in her spirit that changed her life because as she was praying for a child, and that's where it began, that beginning, I'd like to have a child, I'd like to have a family, all of a sudden as she began to pray and seek God, the Spirit of the Lord began to rest upon her, and she began to see that her barren condition was the same condition that was in the land. A famine for hearing the words of God. Hannah intoxicated with sorrow. Thank you, Samuel Chadwick. Abraham pleading for Sodom. Moses standing in the breach. Jacob wrestling in the stillness of the night. Hannah intoxicated with sorrow. And she began to pray. And she prayed a prayer. She came to this point of desperation. God, if you give me a son, I will give that son back to you and if you want you can make a preacher out of him so there can be some change in the land and the child Samuel grew first Samuel 3 19 to 4 1 so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground something happened the people began to respond. They began to take in that word. The word didn't fall to the ground. They began to obey it. They began to receive it. And that generation turned around and had victory over their enemies. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The revelation of the scriptures, truths and understanding, wisdom and knowledge of the Lord. The Lord revealed himself in a time when the word was rare. 
A woman prayed, a son was born, a generation changed, and the word of the Lord came with power once again into those people. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. The word of Samuel came to all Israel. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a beatitude, a beatitude. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger is our responsibility. Hunger is a decision of our hearts before the Lord. Sometimes, you know, we can say, well, I hope God puts a hunger in that person. I hope God puts a hunger in me. I hope God puts a hunger in the people of the land. But the truth is, we are responsible for our hunger before the Lord, that we would run hard after God. I will pursue you. I will run after you, God. I will hunger after you. My soul thirsts for you, O Lord. We're responsible for our hunger. It's a decision. You know, many of God's principles run counter to the natural. In the natural, if you don't eat, you start to get hungry. And you get more and hungry, and you get more and more hungry until you're so desperate that you will resort to theft and to base manners to somehow satisfy that craving. But in the spiritual, it's not that way. In the spiritual, in the natural, if you don't eat, you get hungry. In the spiritual, the more you eat, the hungrier you get for the things of God. The more you partake of the things of God and of his word, the hungrier you get until you love the word of God and you love to be under the teaching and preaching of the house of the Lord and you love Bible studies and you love Bible classes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. We're the ones responsible for our hunger. We make decisions for hunger for our lives and our families. And so we're going to close out with John 6, 27. Worship team, come. Jesus said, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but Labor, labor for the food which endures to everlasting life. Get involved with the Bible. Get involved with the scriptures. Get involved with the teachings and preachings. Get involved with the Bible studies and classes. And let that hunger be fueled in your life and increase for the glory of the Lord. Well, let's stand tonight. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Let's examine our hearts tonight. Do I hunger and thirst after righteousness? What kind of a generation am I? Can I handle the message of John the Baptist? Holiness and separation and diligence before the Lord and fasting and prayer. And can I be under the ministry of the Son of God and dance and rejoice and celebrate the goodness of the Lord? 
We're the ones responsible for our hunger. And tonight, let's take a few moments and let's, let's work on our hunger. As we close out this service and the worship team leads us, let's work on our hunger before the Lord. Say, Lord, I put my hunger on display tonight. Don't you love it in the Word of God when people, men and women of God, put their hunger on display and you read about it and you marvel at it? Well, this is our time and this is our generation. Let's put our hunger on display before the Lord and seek Him and labor for that food that perishes not. Listen, if there's anyone here tonight, the Spirit of God is calling. It's dangerous to let go of spiritual hunger. Maybe your hunger is waning. Maybe your attendance is sporadic. Maybe you're spending less and less time in the presence of God. It's a night to repent. The Holy Spirit is calling you. Before it's too late, turn your life around. Say, Lord, I repent. That lack of hunger, that's going to break in me tonight. I'm going to start to eat your word. I'm going to start to feed. I'm going to start to open myself up against to the word, again to the word of God. Because the more you eat the more you'll hunger after the things of God. Amen. Let's work on our hunger for a few moments tonight. The altars are open if you'd like prayer or need time to dedicate yourself before the Lord. Please feel free to come and seek the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.